Welcome to the White Hatter Parenting in an Online World podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a more holistic approach to online safety in an enlightening and not frightening way based upon facts and not fear. We will provide parents, caregivers, and educators with real-world examples, experiences, and evidence-based research that will help to keep our kids safer emotionally, psychologically, physically, and even socially when they're navigating today's online world. Let's get after it, shall we? Well, welcome everyone, Darren with the White Hatter team, and I'm excited to be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about why sleep is important to our kids, how technology can affect sleep, what parents and caregivers can do to reduce the challenges when it comes to technology and sleep deprivation based upon the good evidence-based research, and why getting all technology out of the bedroom is so important. Now, here at the White Hatter, we are often asked by parents and caregivers, what can we do to reduce risks to our children online? Well, one of the first things a parent or caregiver can do to help reduce online risks to their kids, get any device that can connect to the internet out of their child's bedrooms. This includes smart TVs, computers, laptops, gaming consoles, and smartphones. All these devices allow a youth to communicate with others online. Many parents are unaware that gaming consoles also allow access to text-based and even voice-based communication with others when connected to the internet. It has been our experience that in most cases where we've helped a teen and their family because something less than desirable happened online, there are often some common denominators in play, which include the youth on a cell phone, computer, or gaming device, in their bedroom at night with internet access, and with no parental overwatch or supervision. A second reason not to allow tech access in the bedroom, sleep deprivation issues, something that we will speak to later in this podcast. For some perspective on the topic of today's podcast, we decided to ask our 6,000 plus Instagram followers, who are mostly teens, for their input on their tech use in their bedrooms. We asked the teens to answer four basic questions, and within 24-hour period, over 700 youth replied, and here are the results. Question number one, do you sleep with your phone in your bedroom at night? 734 teens replied to this question with 78% saying yes, and 22% saying no. Question number two, do you answer messages on your phones that come through during the night? 728 teens replied to this question with 27% saying yes and 73% saying no. Question number three, do you text at night in your bedroom with your cell phones? 530 replied to this question with 46% of teens saying yes and 54% saying no. And question number four, where do you keep your phone when you sleep at night? 303 teens replied to this question with 31% saying next to their bed on a table or on a surface near the bed. 18% stated another side of the room on a shelf or on a desk. 17% stated under their pillow. 7% stated on the floor by their bed. And 26% stated in another part of the house, including the family room, the kitchen, or a parent's bedroom. So given the stats that I just provided, here's the message from teens. Over three quarters or 78% of them do sleep with their phones in their rooms. And just over half or 55% stated that these phones were within arm's reach when they go to bed. Half of those who responded, 50% stated that they text on their phones at night in their bedrooms. Now, this isn't just a North American challenge. Recently, a 2022 study out of Australia found, quote, 
A study of 250,000 Australian kids found 28% of 8 to 11-year-olds, 57% of 12 to 14-year-olds, and 80% of those age 15 and over send and receive messages and calls between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. at least once a week. Close quote. Here's a parenting tip. One reason to get cell phones, computers, and gaming devices out of the bedroom? When your kids go to bed at 9 p.m., many will actually be on their devices under their covers so that you don't see the glow of their phone until all hours of the early morning, something known as vamping in their world, which is short for vampires given that vampires only came out at night. A second reason to get digital devices out of the bedrooms at night? Notifications such as text and status alerts on smartphones or computers, whether audio or vibration, can disrupt sleep and wake children and teens up during the night. If there's one thing we've heard clearly from teachers, school counselors, principals, and even the teens themselves, is how many how many of their, their, their friends and colleagues, how many of the other students at their school are coming to school tired? Why? Because they're vamping on their devices to all hours of the morning and not getting enough sleep. It's hard to believe that in 1597, Shakespeare wrote, quote, O sleep, O gentle sleep, nature's soft nurse, close quote. Even back in 1597, people knew how important sleep was when it came to personal health. Good sleep is important to our youth because, number one, it's energy for the brain, which aids in learning, increases alertness, and helps memory. Number two, it's a biological necessity that allows us to perform effectively and safely. Number three, it's a developmental necessity for brain growth and maturation. And number four, it's vital to our emotional, psychological, physical, and social well-being. So how much sleep is needed? According to the Canadian Pediatric Association, youth between 6 to 12 years required between 9 to 12 hours of good deep sleep every single night, while youth between 12 to 18 years required between 8 to 10 hours of good sleep. However, the challenge according to sleep expert Dr. Wendy Torxel, adolescents have a biological clock that disposes them to want to sleep later and wake up later. In other words, our kids are night owls by biological design. Some parents blame the lack of sleep on technology, but teen sleep deprivation was already a concern identified by sleep experts prior to the smartphone or the computer becoming commonplace. Many studies point to contributing factors such as school start times combined with athletics and homework as the main culprit when it comes to sleep deprivation in our kids. In early 2014, the American Academy of Pediatrics called the problem of tired teens, and I quote, a public health concern, close quote. Now, has technology compounded sleep concerns? Absolutely. In fact, in 2017, the CEO of Netflix, Reed Hastings, stated, quote, Our biggest rivals aren't Amazon, YouTube, or even traditional broadcasters. Our need of sleep is actually our main barrier to growth. End quote. Thus, why social media platforms have created techniques such as infinite scrolling on platforms like TikTok or Instagram and autoplay on Netflix. Both are behavioral techniques designed to keep our attention in an attempt to bypass the need for sleep. This is where the term binge watching was born. An important note for parents here, there is significant research to show us that there's a correlation between sleep deprivation and inhibited learning and being able to self-regulate emotions. In 2015, Stanford's Children's Health Sleep Center identified that the lack of sleep in our kids can lead to an inability to concentrate, 
poor grades at school, aggressiveness and delinquency issues, drowsy driving incidences, anxiety, and even depression. In 2021, the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Developmental Study authored by Dr. Katrine Stamelis found, and I quote, Preteens' brain circuits are rapidly maturing, particularly those supporting higher-level thought processes like decision-making, problem-solving, and the ability to process and integrate information from the outside world. We show that inadequate sleep could have enormous implications for cognitive and mental health for individual children and at the population level. End quote. Spearheaded by the Boston Children's Sleep Center, this study also reported out shorter sleep durations are associated with less efficient, flexible, and resilient brain networks, and detrimental effects were widespread from individual regions of the brain to large-scale circuits and the entire brain. Dr. Stamilus further stated, and I quote, the network abnormalities we identified can potentially lead to deficits in multiple cognitive processes, including attention, reward, emotional regulation, memory, and the ability to plan, coordinate, and control actions and behaviors. Close quote. Now, what about the hype surrounding tech, blue light, and sleep? In 2015, a Harvard study on how portable light-emitting devices, such as cell phones and computers, affect sleep patterns reported out, quote, we found that the use of these devices before bedtime prolongs the time it takes to fall asleep, delays the circadian clock, suppresses levels of sleep promoting hormone melatonin, and reduces the amount and delays the time of REM sleep and reduces alertness the following morning. The use of light emitting devices immediately before bedtime also increase alertness at that time, which may lead users to delay bedtime at, not at home. Overall, we found that the use of portable light emitting devices immediately before bedtime has biological effects that may perpetuate sleep deficiency and disrupt circadian rhythms, both of which have had adverse impacts on performance, health, and safety. Close quote. The Harvard research attributed the disruption of the circadian rhythms, which affects the release of melatonin, the drug that helps govern sleep, on the blue light that comes from electronic devices as the culprit. Further, the research found that 6.5 hours of continual exposure to blue light could shift circadian rhythms as much as 3 hours. Although the Harvard study is often cited as a reason why not to allow teens to have access to screens before bedtime, it was a little unrealistic given that they used 6.5 hours of intense and continual blue light exposure or exposure as a benchmark in an animal study where animals were strapped down and their eyes were braced open so that they couldn't be closed or blinked. However, in a 2016 peer-reviewed published study in the Journal of Psychiatric Research, here the researchers found, and I quote, Use of blue light LED smartphones at night may negatively influence sleep and commission errors. It may not be enough to lead to significant changes in serum, melatonin, and cortisol levels. Close quote. In yet another 2016 peer-reviewed study published in the National Library of Medicine, the researchers found, and I quote, Screen time is associated with poor sleep. These findings cannot support the conclusion on causation. Effect cause remains a possibility. Poor sleep may lead to increased screen time. However, exposure to smartphone screens, particularly around bedtime, may negatively impact sleep. Close quote. Recently, in a 2021 peer-reviewed research study published in the Bioelectromagnetic Journal, the researchers found, 
Quote, this review paper shows that there is no consistent evidence on the effects of blue light on the secretion of melatonin and cortisol. Close quote. In yet another 2021 peer-reviewed study in the Sleep Health Journal, the researchers found, quote, across our full study sample, there were no differences in sleep outcomes attributed to night shift mode. The research suggests blue light may not be the enemy number one when it comes to sleep quality. Data showed that the only people who had better sleep outcomes were those that stayed away from screens entirely before bedtime, close quote. Now, in 2019, Dr. Amy Orban and Dr. Andrew Pazorski with the Oxford University released a study on this issue surrounding sleep and digital devices and reported out, quote, We found little evidence for substantial negative associations between digital screen engagement measured throughout the day or particularly before bedtime and adolescent well-being, close quote. The study went further on and stated, quote, the findings suggest that the relationship between sleep and screen use in children is extremely modest. Every hour of screen time was related to three to eight fewer hour minutes of fewer minutes of sleep. Close quote. So if it's not blue light, how is technology affecting sleep? There are several newer studies that are drawing a strong correlation between using technology right up to the point of bedtime and the impact it has on extending the time it takes for a teen to reach deep sleep. In a 2016 peer-reviewed study, again published in the National Library of Medicine, researchers found, quote, exposure to smartphone screens, particularly around bedtime, may negatively impact sleep, close quote. In a 2019 peer-reviewed study in the National Library of Medicine, where they studied just over 11,000 teens between the ages of 13 to 15 years, researchers found, and I quote, the findings indicate statistically and practically significant association between social media use and sleep patterns, particularly late sleep onslaught, close quote. Research is starting to show us that youth who are on the devices right up to the point where they are putting their heads to pillow have not allowed their brains uh, time to what psychologists call decompress, basically slow down, which can have a negative effect on the onset of deep sleep. As a comparison, how many of you who are listening to me right now have gone to bed with something on your mind that you need to get done the next day and you just can't get it off your mind? This often results in trouble for you falling asleep and or not having a really good night's sleep. Why? Because your brain is fully engaged and switched on to what needs to get done the next day. When youth are on their devices right up to the point of bedtime, their brains are still fully engaged in what they were doing online. In fact, in a 2019 peer-reviewed study published in the Sleep Health Journal, researchers found, and I quote, Adolescents' nighttime social media use was driven by concerns over negative consequences for real-world relationships if they disconnected, often reporting delayed bedtimes, insufficient sleep, and daytime tiredness. These concerns included the risk of offline peer exclusion from missing out online interactions and the fear of social disapproval from violating norms around online availability and prompt responses, close quote. Something known as fear of missing out, also known as FOMO. Now, given the research in the specific areas evolving, we always like to err on the side of caution. Our recommendation, based upon current research to date, we should not allow teens to have access to their phones or any other digital screen technology a minimum of one hour before going to bed. Why? Because this allows a teen's brain to decompress, slow down, which helps to facilitate falling asleep quicker with our kids when they put their heads to pillow. 
Often in our presentations, we will hear teens say that they need their phones in the rooms because they use it as their alarm clock. Well, here's an easy fix to overcome this argument, parents. Buy them an alarm clock. And the one that we recommend is called the Sonic Bomb, which you can actually find on Amazon. This clock uses a 113 decibel alarm, bright pinking LED lights, and comes with a remote bed shaker that vibrates the bed when the alarm goes off. Now, is your teen going to be angry that you will no longer allow them to have technology in their bedrooms at night? Well, the answer is yes, but oh well. That is what makes us parents. And sometimes we parents have to say and do things that our kids aren't going to like. That's what makes us parents. As a friend and family counselor, Ginger Henderson stated to us, quote, when it comes to online parenting, sometimes being a child's best friend often only enables less than the desirable online behavior. Remember, enabling can often equal damaging behavior. Be your child's best parent and not their best friend. There is a difference, close quote. So an important tip. We recommend that digital devices should be stored, docked, and charged in the parent's bedroom at night rather than in a public place like a kitchen where it can still be easily accessed by your child in the middle of the night without your knowledge. There are a number of phone charging stations that are available on Amazon to meet your specific family's needs. Also, make sure that devices are turned off while storing and charging them in your room so that you are not disturbed by notifications that we guarantee you uh, these, de these devices will receive at night. In fact, recently, we helped one family where the child was so mad that mom and dad were no longer allowing them to keep their phones in their bedrooms that the youth programmed their phone's alarm to go off every hour on the hour, and the parents had no idea how to turn the alarm off, which kept them awake all nights. Kids can be smart. Another question that is often posed to us by parents, well, Darren, what about blue light from these devices harming our kids' eyes? Well, in 2018, researchers at the University of Toledo released a study called Blue Light Excited uh, Retinal Intercepts Cellular Signals. In this intense animal-based study where high-intensity blue light was used, unlike the low-intensity blue light that tech devices actually utilize, researchers reported that extended periods of blue light could cause damage to the eyes. When this hit the media, it was pointed out by many special interest groups and parents as another reason why cell phones were bad for the health and wellness standpoint to our kids. In fact, the eyeglass industry really latched onto this study to help support the sales of blue filter lenses that were advertised to protect the eyes from the damaging effects of blue light. Dr. David Ramsey, director of ophthalmic research at the Leahy Hospital and Medical Center and one of the leading experts on the effects of blue light to the human eye, wrote an article called, Will Blue Light from Electronic Devices Increase My Risk of Macular De Degeneration and Blindness? And here's what Dr. Ramsey stated. Quote, blue light from electronic devices is not going to increase the risks of macular degeneration or harm or any other part of the eye, end quote. In fact, in 2019 here in Canada, the CBC show Marketplace interviewed well-respected medical experts from across North America who echoed Dr. Ramsey's statement. So, does low-intensity blue light from cell phones and computers cause damage to the human eye? The best experts and studies say no. Do we use a blue filter in our prescription glasses, like the ones that I wear? I sure do. Why? To help offset some of the issues identified in the research surrounding eye strain when spending a lot of time in front of screens, like I do. Notice I stated eye strain and not eye damage, an important differentiation. 
To also help reduce eye strain when using tech devices for extended period of times, we've also adopted the American Academy of Ophthalmology's 20-20-20 rule. Every 20 minutes of sitting in front of a screen, take 20 second break and focus on an object that is about 20 feet away and blink as many times as you can. This will help to reduce dry eye, blurred vision, headaches, migraines and sore necks, all of which have been identified by ophthalmologists as a direct result of focusing too long, too long on a computer screen. Remember, teach your kids who use technology, especially gamers, about the 20-20-20 rule. Also, don't be sucked into purchasing very expensive blue lens uh, glasses thinking that they will prevent eye damage because of computer or phone use. So what are the takeaways for parents and caregivers from today's podcast? Based upon the best sleep research to date, here's what we recommend. Number one, limit screen time to one hour before bedtime. An exception could be an e-reader. Number two, keep technology out of the bedroom. We want to condition a developing youth brain that a bedroom is a place for sleep, not for playing or being on your digital devices. Number three, although blue light is not as big of a health issue as is often touted by some, you can change screen illumination on your device, which is often called night mode. Number four, create a sleep structure. However, during summer months, this can definitely be a challenge. Number five, as the new school year approaches, start thinking about aligning teen sleep patterns sooner than later before the start of a new school year. Number six, remember, youth need between eight to 10 hours of good restorative sleep every single night. Number seven, get your kids active outside of possible as this can promote good sleep. And number eight, be a good role model when it comes to your use of technology and sleep health as well. Remember, our kids will model our behavior. Remember, be your child's best parent and not their best friend when it comes to technology. There is a difference. Are your kids going to like some of the strategies that we recommended in this podcast? Nope. Oh, well, that's what makes us parents. And sometimes we parents have to say and do things our kids aren't going to like. That's what makes us parents. Remember, parents, you are not alone on this digital journey. We are here to help. Don't forget to check out our website at www.thewhitehatter.ca and our White Hat Facebook page, which, which is kind of a landing page for parents and caregivers where there are just a ton of free content to help parents and caregivers in today's online world. As well, on our website, we outline all the programs that we offer to schools, families, youth groups, and even businesses when it comes to social media safety and digital literacy. Stay strong. Be that mentor and digital sheepdog. From the White Hatter team, thank you for listening. And until our next podcast, have a great week, everybody. Bye now.